Hey guys, this is Neek and Res, and this is She Wolf Alchemy. Today we will be talking about being your biggest bully. Yes, so today we're talking about that inner voice in our head. Now, some of us, we have an inner voice that is kind and gentle, one that encourages us to keep the faith, remind us how awesome we are. And other of us, we have more of an inner critic. Our inner voice is mean, sassy, got all types of attitude, says things while snapping her neck and twiddling her thumbs. Our inner voice is a little bit unforgiving and sometimes downright cruel. So today we're speaking specifically about those of us who struggle with an inner critic. And today we're going to call that inner critic our bully. And we're going to discuss how to shut our inner bully down. So while we're getting into it, Neek, let me ask you, do you have a harsh inner critic or is your inner voice like all soft and dandelions and buttercup and unicorns and ponies? <laughs> I wish that <laughs> things. <laughs> I definitely do. I will not be stressed and depressed and frustrated all the time well not all the time but when i get there but yes it's my inner critic is very mean um mean to myself and don't give myself credit as much credit as as i give others it's just it's just bad but it's something that we're working on this year but it it definitely is a a big bully i wouldn't even like this person (laughs) (laughs) so yeah Mm. Uh, for sure for sure um i don't even know people have voices that were nice to them in their head like (laughs) that was a whole thing for me like what y'all have voices that are nice and kind how did you train her to do that um i definitely definitely have a like inner critic that is a bully like some like real 1980s bad tv bully type stuff like every day i'm fighting for my lunch money with my inner critic but i will say that now i actually fight my inner critic which isn't something i always did i definitely used to take my inner bully laying down like i definitely would hear my inner critic just being critical and me being like okay you're right i suck why do I suck so much? And now I put up a fight. Um, he's definitely still there, but I at least put up a fight now. Like now I talk back. Like now you not just going to talk to me anyway and me not come into defend myself. So I definitely, definitely also have one as well. What are some things that brings your inner critic out? Um, A lot of things bring my inner critic out. Um, Sometimes because it's Tuesday, it just be like, "Mm, (laughs) you scrolling on Instagram, not doing your work. Let's be mean to each other. Um, But definitely like insecurity. Like if I feel insecure about something, uh, I'm definitely not the nicest to myself in that moment. Like, my inner voice does not automatically go like, yo, it's okay. You know, you try better. You, you are good at what you do. You are in your lane. Like that's where I'm trying to get. My inner voice is not there whatsoever. And another big thing that I realized more recently is shame. Mm-hmm. Like shame really brings my inner critic out. And I, I think we don't always think of shame the way that like the dictionary spells it out like shame is an unpleasant self-conscious emotion okay and it's typically in according to the dictionary is typically associated with a negative evaluation of oneself and so for me i tend to have to like battle with not feeling shameful if i don't do things at a certain level that i think i'm supposed to be doing it at like i get like I'm really embarrassed. Like it's, it's a shameful thing for me. It's like something I want to hide away. Like, oh my gosh, I did not reach this imaginary level that I set for myself. And that super brings my inner critic out. My 
my inner bully gets real, real mean to me about that, my brain is like, okay, it's time to be your worst enemy. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think it's the same. Setting unrealistic goals is one thing when I feel like, or most of the time it's at work. I like, for some reason, I feel like my critic is telling me that I'm not good enough at this job or I'm not as good as other people. And I don't really understand it because most of the time in my jobs, I get so many compliments, but I just kind of beat myself up about it. And when I see one little fear, one little thing of doubt it just messes everything else up and then I just get pretty down on myself but lately I've been fighting it or even like if somebody acts different to me I just blame myself like that's my fault I caused this so it could be any change it could be any change of anything (laughs) change change (laughs) yeah but it's not as bad as it was before because I, I kind of catch it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, no, we're not going to go down that road. Or I kind of do. So, so I think you told me that about that before. We um, just asking myself questions to get proof if that's really how somebody feels. Because really yep, that's me. That was you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know somebody. He <laughs> 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 asked me one time to say like you need to get proof of that and if you can't find proof of it it's not real so yeah yeah but you told me too to just combat it with positive things like oh that's not yeah like if you say Mm -hmm. okay i can't do this i can't do this or just talk yourself through it and those things really have helped Mm -hmm. but that little voice is still in there sometimes but not as much because um my brain's been on autopilot so i don't really think about much i just keep going and going negativity. <laughs> i just keep i just have time to sleep and go and go and going so <laughs> that's a good thing or a bad thing but yeah that's, that's the fight that i have with my inner bully <laughs> critic whatever <laughs> Yeah. And well, but you know, I think that is the same for most people. Like, I don't, we kind of talked about this last week where we talked about like, there's a lot of different things that we are all fighting that we feel ashamed to say out loud. Like nobody wants to say out loud, like I believe myself. Usually when people say things like that, like, oh, I'm my biggest critic. It's like very sarcastic. Ha ha ha. We don't really say it with a straight face type of thing. And it's one of those things I think it's kind of hard to say out loud. Like I literally have to train myself to be nice to myself. Mm-hmm. My brain automatically isn't nice to me. Why is that? Why is my brain meaner to me than I have ever been to anybody else? And the first step in that is one, recognizing it, being honest with yourself. Are you mean to yourself? Because we love saying like, I love me. Don't nobody love me like I do. And one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to love myself. I'm going to put me first. We love saying those type of things. But are we really practicing it? Right. Right. So... Let's talk about some of the things that people tend to be really critical to themselves about. So one thing that I know I can relate with is setbacks. When you don't make it to a certain level, a certain point by a certain time. This is something that I definitely am a lot, lot better at, but it's something I still struggle with. I used to have five-year plans. I used to have two-year plans. I used to have those type of plans. I used to be that type of person. Um, I still have plans. Like I still have goals and so forth, but I'm now, I don't have them with a timeline. I'm now more so like, I want to do this thing. Universe, make it happen. And then I kind of let go of the reins, you know, like I'm still working hard towards it. I'm still doing things, but I try not to attach myself now to the idea of what it's going to look like, the idea of when it's going to happen type of thing, um, which can be kind of hard, especially if you're like, I'm going to manifest stuff because you have an idea, but it's like, I can have this idea, but not attach myself to it. Be okay if it changes. Be okay if it doesn't come exactly that way. But this for a long time was something really, really hard for me because I um, that was something set out for me very early. Like you do this by this age, you do that. Like I was very, and I've talked about this. Like I was very like, you 
go and graduate high school. Like it was never a, and if you graduate, and it's the same thing with college, it was never a, and if you go to college, it was, you're going to graduate by the time you're 18, you're going to go to college, you're going to graduate in four years, you're going to get your master's. I want some grandkids. You're going to get married and give me grandkids. Like it was very <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Life kind of set out. And I think that that can be a very dangerous slope for people because when you, life is unexpected. Life, life don't care nothing about your feelings. Okay. Like life is very unexpected. And when things don't go according to plan, especially when it's outside of your control, it can crush you. It can absolutely just devastate you. You can be sitting up there like, I spent how many hours thinking about this? How many hours planning this? How many blah, 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 all that time wasted. And so for me, I definitely just have to remind myself when I don't reach deadlines, when something doesn't work out the way I want it to work, or if I try my effort at something and I don't place where I want to place or things such as that. Like if I apply for a job and I don't get a job, y'all, let me tell y'all this. Uh, without mentioning names because you know I don't want to get sued when I was graduating grad school there was this one particular job I really really wanted and I thought I was a shoo-in because I had the experience and I had experience with a very very particular subgroup that most people even in my field do not have experience with it was a very particular population. I had the training for it. I had the education for it. I had actual hands-on experience with it and I did not get the job. And it broke my heart and it like, I was so mean to myself during that particular time when I didn't get this particular job. I was a new mom. My baby was only like four months old at the time. And I kept telling myself like, Okay, this is because, you know, you had a child and they know you had a child and they know it's a newborn and they don't want to hire a newborn woman. Why, why didn't you hide your pregnancy? Why did you like, just keep in mind the, the people that would have hired me, um, there are people who knew, like I had to work alongside with while I was pregnant. <laughs> and also I was telling myself like, okay, and you was up here thinking, hey, your buddies and you, your friends, you so freaking stupid. Ain't none of them your friends. Ain't none of them really blah, blah, blah. And you was up here having lunch with them and everything, thinking they was going to hire you, blah, blah, blah. Like I really just went down this spiral and I was so harsh on myself and it crippled my confidence when I had to go out there and keep applying for more jobs because I'm like these people knew you knew your work gave you excellent reviews excellent remarks and then still wouldn't hire you and then hire someone less qualified than you just in terms of like what they said they wanted they want you to have this degree and they want you to have this licensure and blah 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 and all these things and they hired somebody that had no licensure that had no degree that did not have experience doing the things that was required for that job and it like really had me like and then on top of that they hired somebody that had like how bad are you (laughs) that day or maybe it's not your work maybe they just really don't like you as a human being because like They picked somebody that had none of the things they want over you. And I remember looking back and thinking like, okay, never again will I allow myself to bully myself because of something I didn't reach that's out of my control. Because that really, again, it messed me up applying for jobs for a couple months after that. Like I was newly graduated and like, it took me like seven, eight months to find a job afterwards. It was cause like, that was my first interview outside of grad school and I bombed it and it just made me feel so horrible. And after that, I was just so harsh and critical of myself. Like I remember sitting in interviews and like, I remember one interview I went to after that, I went to the bathroom after like I finished and I was about to walk out and I was like, oh, can I use the bathroom? And then I realized like my hair had grew. So I wear my hair really big and curly, but here's the thing. You have curly thick hair, uh, in humidity, it grows like you might come out with some tight curls and then you like leave and all all of a sudden all you know is like you have no curl pattern it's just bigger than like it was when you left 
type thing. And I remember being mad at myself and being like, this is why you should straighten your hair. This is why you should have flat on your hair. You should have came in straight. Instead, you came in with this bohemian chic looking hairstyle. And <laughs> now you look unprofessional and blah, blah, blah. And I like went through this whole thing. And I was like, you know what? Never again. I'm not putting that type of pressure on myself. If you don't make it and you try at something, okay, then you don't. And you move on to the next thing. Matter of fact, I think before we started recording, I said that to you <laughs> before we started recording today, guys, I legit said this to Nika about something else where I was just like, girl, no, if we try, it don't work. Okay, whatever. We're moving on to the next thing. So that one is definitely one for me that I have to continuously work at. It's not something I've overcome completely, but it's something that I'm aware of. I'm a lot better at, but that keeps trying to slip its way up. Mm-hmm. I think I struggle with that too. It's not as bad, but I do struggle with that. But like in undergrad, I I had a lot of changes. I went from my HBCU to a community college, and then I ended up at UC. And by the time I went to UC, I was already supposed to graduate. I was supposed to graduate in 2011 from college altogether. So just going there and realizing that um, I did not reach that reach that expectation of graduating already and getting there and going to go try to like see a counselor and talk to them about going to school so I could finish my last two years of college then getting there and being lost mm-hmm. and I was about to not go see the counselor and I I had to stop and I had to cry like <laughs> I was already supposed to get done with school I'm prolonging it I, I might as well just stop. I was about to not even go see the counselor, not even about to go do anything because my, my inner self was telling me, like, you should already be finished with this. Mm-hmm. So it's your fault that you're lost at this big school. This <laughs> <laughs> school was very small. It was just like a lot of self-doubt. And, yeah. and it's like you got all the way there. You drove all the way from dating to Cincinnati to go see this person and talk about getting into school so sometimes I had to like at that point I had to talk to other people because my my inner self was not going to help me get through this so I called my mom mm-hmm. <laughs> and she talked me through it and then I called the counselor and I did it but those are just like some examples that a lot of times I feel I haven't reached those expectations I get really down on myself and blame myself and it's just like mm-hmm. circumstances happen out of your reach like you said like life will kick your life will kick your butt it is <laughs> so I just had to like kind of realize that and not be so hard on myself yeah. but I know the time that I was really really critical more than I am now <laughs> yeah. another thing that tends to make us be self-critical of ourselves is that is or yes that is you know, you set goals to be like, oh, by 30, I'm going to be a manager or a supervisor or just keep moving up in your career. And when you realize you haven't got there or you realize that that's not what you're doing, I know sometimes that can make it even harder for you um, or critical of yourself. Or for my example, like, for example, yes, social workers rock, but we never get the credit or <laughs> we never get the credit that we are deserving of. And so sometimes for me and my, this is even surprising my career, like when people do talk down to us, I sometimes talk down to myself like, okay, you could have just chose something else or you could have did this or that. And I don't know, I kind of beat myself up about certain things. I don't know, the career, I don't know. I think I'm going in a tangent, but that's another situation. But I'm just saying, like, I know I beat up myself about my service that I give sometimes and sometimes my service is really well but I think I allow others to get in my head and to join in with my inner bully <laughs> mm-hmm. like this is why you should do this or this is why you should do that or you're not good enough for this or you're not good enough for that and I think it kind of does go back to status along with knowing that I had goals for myself and they're not and I'm not pursuing them the way I wanted to can we you brought up such a good point of like I just feel like we do need to do a breakdown of it like we need to discuss how our inner bully sometimes just joins in with other people and it's not even our voice 
um yeah and as you were saying that i was thinking to myself like honestly my inner bully is not even me like my inner bully the things that my inner critic care about are things i only care about because of certain things like because of a very certain person or because of a very certain situation that happened and now i'm like repaying it in my mind and now it's a type of thing um I think it's important to even get to the bottom of where is this inner bully even coming from? Who gave, who told you that? Who told you that you weren't smart enough, that you should be at a different level, that you should be a wife by now, that you should have kids by now, that you should, like, who told you that? Because when I think about all the stuff I deal with when it comes to my inner bully, my inner critic, none of those are my voices. Yeah. yeah. None of those are my voices. And I think that's why when I'm sitting and I'm thinking about it and I'm talking to a friend and I like, girl, I don't even care about that. But my, I know my inner bully is going to pop up. Why does it pop up if you don't care? Because there is a part of me that doesn't care, but there's another part of me that is listening to this voice that didn't even come from myself. Like I would not have cared if it wasn't because of blank, blank, blank and this. And that's really wasn't really a thing for me. That was a situation I took on and I let manifest in critical self-talk. And I just never cut away from that. Right. I never thought of that before until just speaking it out loud. Mm-hmm. And that's even about like. It could be about getting married by some time. Just like you said earlier, how your parents like you're going to go to school, you're going to get married, you're going to have grandkids. Mm-hmm. That's them, and that's and that's their expectations. But you take on those expectations, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. Is this what you really want? Yeah, going back to like what you said about status, that is definitely something in my career that I had to, um, that's something I'm over now, but it was definitely something earlier on because like being a social worker is amazing, but it's a hard and grueling job. Um, the ones who are doing it and making money, we had to fight to make that money. We had to do a lot of things. We had to take on a lot of headaches and struggles and type of things to get to that point. But it's not like a common thing. Usually when someone says they are a social worker, nobody is just like, oh, you got money. That is not the response. People are usually like, why you take away babies? Which, by the way... <laughs> Most of us don't. Most of us don't. Most of the people that work at DFACS are actually not social workers. And that's no shade to DFACS workers. I did my undergrad internship there. I worked at DFACS. That was my first professional job. But um, most of us aren't. But that's usually the response we get. But I struggled with that for a long time. And I definitely feel like I bullied myself about that a lot. And I definitely was mean to myself when I was younger about it because that's not what I originally went to school for. Like I, when I went off to college, I was supposed to be going to college as an accountant because my dad was an accountant and he could afford me. And I was like, well, who would know better about how to afford me than the person who's been paying for me for the last couple of years? <laughs> and uh, I hated it. I was think I took accounting for like a week. It wasn't even a semester, but it was something I struggled with because I remember telling my folks like, yo, I'm going to be a social worker or at least telling my dad that I was going to school to do social work. And he was so disappointed. He was so disappointed. He was like me and your mom came together to raise the next world power and you going to school for social work. Like I was supposed to be a high power attorney. I was supposed to be a doctor. Like, I mean, all of that. And so it kind of created this like insecurity with me where I kind of like for a while would be like, oh yeah, I'm rest. I'm a social worker, but you know, I have plans to blah, 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 blah. Like I had to add extra stuff. I couldn't just say like, oh, I'm a social worker. And it was something I struggled with for a while because even though I was doing something I loved, I was doing something I wanted to do. I wanted to make the world better for people. I wanted people to feel comfort, whether that was emotional comfort or that was literal physical, I have a roof over my head type comfort. That was big for me. Like advocacy is big for me. Fighting for justice, fighting so that people get equality, so that people 
feel loved and that people feel safe. That was my biggest thing. I wanted other people to feel safe. I wanted other people to feel emotionally safe. And I found a career where I could provide that and I can do that. And I struggled so long with my inner bully and my inner critic always telling me like, and that's all you doing. Such a waste. Mm. Such a waste. Everybody when you were younger said you was going to do so much more and look at you. And my inner critic used to do that with me all the time. Like I would be doing good things. I'd be getting a new job, a promotion, things like that. And that's what was going on. There was a period in time where I had, I started out a job that was super, super low paying. That was like lower. I had just gotten my master's. I was making less with my master's than I did with the job I had with my bachelor's. And I took that job because I needed to network. And I was like, I'm going to take it. I'm a network. I'm a work my ass off. And I did that in two years. I had when I had doubled my pay and each time though, I got a new job and I got accomplishment and stuff like that. I would downplay it and I wouldn't allow myself to enjoy it. And I would have to move on to the next because I was just like, I mean, but you still just a this, you still just a that. And it really like robbed me. It was like a killjoy. It really, really robbed me of my joy. It really, really made me feel insignificant when I was doing something that I loved. Right. And I would get insecure when it came to my job because of the stereotype of my job. You know, when people say social workers again, they think you still babies, you close, you know, you're a caseworker, you close files, things like that, which aren't bad things, guys, by the way. And I've done all of those things. And I would then feel insignificant again. I used to work in a hospital. I worked at a hospital before where the social workers were doing most of the work. We were making sure loved ones were getting advocated for, that their rights were being stumbled over, that they, we were the ones meeting with them and doing the therapy. We were the ones making sure that they weren't having issues with their medication and so forth, calling family, making sure families were up to date. We were doing a lot of things in that job, yet you would talk to doctors in that particular job and they would meet with clients for an hour a month, if that. And then we would be in a meeting and I would be advocating for them and I'd be like, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And the doctor would be like, no. And then everybody would just shut it down. Like, okay, well, that's it. And I'm like, he don't even know which client we talking about. Okay. (laughs) If you brought the client in front of him, he wouldn't know who was who. I literally see this client multiple times a week. I'm sitting with this client. I do group with this client. I do one-on-one sessions with this client. I know this client's chart. I work with this client Um, and things like that. I think because I had those experiences early on really kind of shook me and made me feel, yeah, like insignificant. And so... Yeah, it was one of those like status things where it was like, yeah, okay, you're smart, but don't nobody, ain't nobody going to take you serious in your position. And it was for that reason, for a while, I kept thinking about going back to school for law, which I don't want to do at all. But I don't know if you remember, but it was a thing where every year I was like, all right, I'm going to just go to law school. I was just like, <laughs> and I didn't want to. And that's exactly my attitude on it was like, I guess I'm going to go to law school. But also I had a parent who would send me an LSAT every year. Like every year they go on Amazon, buy an LSAT and send it to my house and just be like, oh. and the same thing. I had a parent who like every year would be like, Hey, did you sit for the state department test? Cause they wanted me to be a diplomat. Mm-hmm. And like, whenever I would talk about my job and the things I was doing and the things I was like passionate about, like, yo, we doing restorative justice. We, we helping give people a chance to get out of jail and live a better life. People who could have been sitting in jail for a year. Like I was a part of a team to help get him out. And my dad would just be like, mm, okay, well, that's, that's nice. When you, when you gonna get your big girl job. Um, and that. Yeah. And that really messed with me for a long time, for a long time. And I really, really hate to going back to what I said before. It wasn't until like I was dating somebody who was just like, yo, I love the sparkle in your eye when you talk about your clients. I love how hyped and excited you get when you talk about that protest you just went to. I love that. Oh, I hate saying that. That makes me sound so mushy. Ugh. <laughs> but 
I really don't like the idea that it had to come from outside of myself, especially not from a a a a, a male human being. That really really is triggering something in me right now guys it's okay y'all get an episode about it later but <laughs> it's triggering me right now and I feel like ah don't mm, stay away from that but it did it did help it was like during my time with him that I really started going back and be like you know what what I do is awesome and I know a whole bunch of things and I'm up here doing things that are making differences and I literally no longer care about what y'all think of so another one that people tend to be really critical with themselves is when it comes to their love lives. And when we're saying our love lives, these are those thoughts of what's wrong with me. All my girls are always in relationships. I get a relationship once every eight years. Why is that? Why does no one love me? Am I unlovable? What is it with me? Why am I like this? I am obviously doing something to make this happen. Everybody else found love and happiness, and I'm the only one still here unhappy. I'm the only one still who doesn't know what it's like to really be loved, doesn't know what it's like to love. What is wrong with me? And with these particular thoughts, I think these are a lot more common than we want to admit. Going back to what I said earlier, you know, there's certain topics I think we're just trained to be like, no, act like you have it all together on that. And it's hard to say out loud that sometimes I wonder if I'm not lovable. It's hard to say out loud, something is wrong with me, I'm defective, or whatever it is that thought process is for you. When I was looking into this particular one, I found this one really interesting because I thought it was going to be like mostly from a female perspective, but a couple of the articles I read, really, they were coming from men. Yeah, yeah. They were coming from men. That's like all my homeboys settled down and got married. And I was playing games in my 20s. Um, there was one article I read. I cannot recall the name. I'm so sorry, guys. But the guy was like talking from a perspective of like, all my friends got married. I'm now in my mid thirties and, you know, I met great women, but I was playing around. Now I'm in my mid thirties and nobody wants me. And it was guys saying like, I can get girls to date me and I can get girls to blah, blah, blah. And I can ask girls to be in relationships and they're like, yeah, but it always comes down to the point that it's not really about me. It's about my looks or it's about my money. It's about blah, blah, blah. Why is it I'm not enough? And I think it is like the going back to comparing. It's all outside of... I was not here thoughts and it's just what's going on around you and that does affect you. I used to do that too. <laughs> when I was dating somebody and I really couldn't get along with the kids and then I would see other people and there was like the best little co-parent situation or the best little step-parent situation. I was like, why can't I do that? <laughs> <laughs> And then when it happens, it happens. It was all the reason, but you can't do that. Y'all don't hate me, but Neek, because I know exactly who you're talking about. That child was just bad. Like, that was not you. (laughs) That child child deserved to be in a Bay-Bay's Kids movie. That child was bad. That was not you. That was not you. I would get stressed on the phone with you being like, oh yeah, we're about to drop, you know, little little tink tink off. And I'd be like, what is he doing? Is he growling? Like what is going on in your background? It wasn't you. It wasn't you. It was the child. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to say that, but like my, my stuff, like my dad a nice person. So that's <laughs> <you. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Um, with this one, I'm sure I have definitely had my moments. Um, like this, I know, I I know I have. I can't think of any specifically right now because I. <laughs> Ah, never mind. I was gonna say I can't think of any specifically because I know I'm the problem, but that's probably me being my own bully. <laughs> is it your own bully when it's the truth though? Like, is it? Is it? When, when is it bullying? When is it accountability? Let's talk about that. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, never mind. Never mind. Apparently, I'm still working on this. Uh, but no, like I. I definitely have had my moments. I know I have. I definitely have had my moments where I'm like, what's wrong with me? But they're actually... <laughs> I can't touch this one. I can't touch this one. Because every single time I talk, I'm going to say, but actually I am the problem or actually I was the problem. So... Um, but... Not on your S-H-I-T. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like a lot of times... <laughs> a lot of times when it comes to that area like it's not bullying it's it's you know how they have in the cartoon like the devil on one side and the angel on the other mm-hmm. yeah yeah no even my devil be like what's wrong with you why would you do that why 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 you keep playing he's a really nice man be nice to the man rest um in the past not anymore not anymore i'm actually a huge softie now i am so soft now and i hate it I hate it so much. I know. I know. I resent it. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. Figuring out what to do with it. Um, so, yeah. I can't touch on love. <laughs> I can't touch on love. I'm a, I'm a, me and my therapist going to work it out. And then we'll work it. We'll we'll let y'all know where I land. Um, but, yeah. So, with that one, I think, though, it is one of those things that is, like, hard to admit. And I think also because it makes us feel a certain way about our attractiveness. Mm-hmm. Because like if I normally think I'm a very attractive person and then I recognize, dang, all my homegirls are married, but me, maybe I'm the ugly one. Is it? Is it my weight? Is it my hair? They wear makeup. I don't wear makeup. Is it because I don't wear makeup? Is it because blah, blah, blah? And, you know, it kind of creates this whole spiral thing and you can really pick yourself apart yeah yeah. Yeah. and on the flip side of that though you have i feel like it's it's interesting i feel like you have those who either pick themselves apart or you have those that project and they pick other people apart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's always so interesting to me not saying i've never projected i know i have but it's always interesting to me when i meet like a personality type that is just huge on projections um and I'm always just like, oh, I wonder what that's like, you know, to just like have no self-awareness. Um, I hope I that way. Well, have no self-awareness? No, I look, I mean, I know it's a bully, but I can talk myself through it. But to have no self-awareness and just projecting all over. I <gasps> oh, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. That's where I was going with it. Like, I'll see somebody who... Like it's very there. There's a. I recently met a person who projects a lot, like a lot, like to the point I had to act. I had I had a I had to phone a friend and be like, "Yo, am I tripping or was this?" And they're like, "No, that's that's definitely what that is." But it was really interesting as I was listening to this person talk. I immediately was like, "Huh, I would even allow myself to get this far in this conversation." (laughs) <laughs> like after you said that particular thing I would have stopped myself and be like ooh everybody can see your inner childhood wounds you need to shut up and shut down but no like they just kept going I was like this is fascinating this is like a part of me was just like huh I wonder what it feels like to like get mad and angry and then not target myself and just free range it it seems fascinating it seems really fun for you you seem like you're having a good time mine doesn't mine doesn't feel fun but yours, yours look like you're having the time of your life. But uh, like you said, uh, it's not something I would want to do. Like the idea of it is embarrassing to me. And even the times I've caught myself in the past, just being human and having a projection and thinking about it later at 3 a.m. when I'm supposed to be sleeping, but I decided to keep myself up with anxiety instead. Um, 
I get so embarrassed and cringe. Like, oh my gosh, you really let show your feelings show like that. Like, ew. Now they all know you have unresolved childhood trauma. <laughs> Cause you could have just shut up. You had to make this a thing. Um, so yeah, no, projections, it, it's interesting. It's definitely, definitely interesting. Very much so. We talked about a few of them, but other things that people can be really critical about themselves could be looks and unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Going to the next subject, how can you tell your inner bully has come out to play? I can tell my inner bully has come out to play usually when I shut down, like when I emotionally shut down. Um, there's a 50-50 chance that like if you see me and I'm like in a state where I just seem like really distant and I just seem like really zoned out or whatever, that is usually me having some type of like mm, battle in my head, like me versus me type of scenario going on. That's how I know like, yeah, okay, you're not, you're not handling your inner bully well. You're not handling your inner critic well. You need to, you need to get up. You need to put on some gloves. You need to fight back. What about you? I think the same is me shutting down and just don't want to talk to anybody. And I just keep going over and over in my head. And then I have to figure out how to get these thoughts out of my head. <laughs> so it'll come down to me trying to, to talk myself through it or meditate or just calm it with music sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then once I figure that part out, I can come back the next now I can come back the next day and be a better person before those inner thoughts were right in my head for free for at least three or four days yeah. I, re- I realized that the last time when I had that breakdown that only lasted that night I meditated I was just like yeah. gonna be a day next you're not gonna do this and it was it and see and back I don't day. just be saying it to say it <laughs> You said you don't be saying just to say it. Yeah. There was like a whole period during season one where I'd be like, yeah, have you meditated? And we were doing check-ins and you'd be like, no rest. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I just don't have time. I feel like I don't be having time. No, you definitely have to get your mind right. Like I I can't force myself to meditate. Like I have to be in the mood. So I get it. Yeah, like you have, it, it's hard to just automatically shut your brain off and then get it to, yeah, the state that you need it in. And I can't meditate by myself. I have to be guided, guided meditation. Really, I hate guided meditation. That's the only way I can get it done. I cannot. Yeah, I used to, and then now I just need music or a serene scene type of thing. The Calm app has like really good background sounds like sound of rain in the city the grass blowing in the gentle breeze you know okay. stuff like that for some reason like <laughs> 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 timer pick up something that's going on in my head at that moment mm. see I, they have songs, but most of the time the songs are like uh like mantras or is but it's like it has some type of like an african type Feet or something mm-hmm. like that in the background. I don't yeah. know why I that so much, but it's just like it's like mantras and going in like that, and it that calms me down. But like grass, water, any of that stuff, no. Yeah, no. I love like earth sounds. I got a lot of uh, earth in my chart though, so I don't know. I don't know, but like I love love earth sounds, except for crickets. I won't with crickets because one time I fell asleep um, while listening to like the sounds of like camping, and it was like crickets and a fire, blah blah blah. And then I woke up with and found two crickets in my room, and I was like, I feel like this is a mating call, and. I didn't know that's like I feel like while I was sleeping, the sounds in the background was like, yo, who up? Like I feel like it was a who up text from the crickets to the other ones because I had never found any in my home. But yeah, I woke up and I found two in my home and I was like, Yeah, so we not doing cricket sounds anymore. I don't know what they summon in, but I don't want no parts. Huh? I said I didn't anymore. We're not doing that. Yeah, yeah. So now <laughs> 
So now when it comes to animals, I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. What, what else we got? What's another option? The win? We can do the win. Um, so, okay, then let's talk about it. How do we shut our inner critic up? So we kind of mentioned this already, but I want to get a little bit more into it. One of the ways you can shut your inner critic up is pinpoint where that voice is even coming from. Is that even your voice? Or is that your mother's voice? Is that your father's voice? Is that your sister's voice? Is that your ex's voice? Who put those ideas in your head? And is that how you normally talk? Is that how you talk to anybody else? Because if that's not how you talk to other people, there's a chance that that's not even your words. That's not even your voice. Your inner voice is just mimicking something that touched something that you touched on a while ago and just never let it go. Like with a lot of the topics we talk about, getting to the root of why that voice pops up, why that thing happens can be very freeing. There can be something so freeing and saying, you know what? That is not my voice. That is what my ex used to tell me. And quite frankly, F him. Quite frankly, I am don't even like him as a human being. Why do I care? So why am I repeating his words to me? Find the root of that. Pinpoint it. And do, and do a little digging. Is that even your voice? Yeah. Half the time, it don't be your voice. It's just you pick up along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that could help shut down the inner critic is self appreciation. Um, celebrating your wins, even when they're small. <laughs> I got out the bed. I made my bed. I drank my coffee, and I ate my breakfast today. And usually. You walk out in a moment. <laughs> you don't have time to do that. Um, just like little things. It could be little things. It could be big things. Just celebrate those things. And focus on those wins over the loss. And going back to what you said, and sometimes those weren't even loss. Those were somebody else's loss that they put on you. But mm-hmm. you just need to focus on your wins. Because that's, that's, that may be your calling. Or that may be... It's just something you need to focus on. (laughs) 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 You need to focus on instead of the negative. Or instead of the, yeah, focus on your wins. I definitely agree with that. And that's a memo to myself. (laughs) Another one is learning to replace negative thoughts with positive ones. So we're going to do a little CBT here, guys. Okay. So CBT is short for cognitive behavioral therapy. It is a therapeutic model that focuses on changing our behaviors. And how do we change our behaviors? We change our behaviors by changing the way that we think, by challenging inaccurate or negative self-talk, by asking yourself, okay, what are other ways I can think about this particular situation? So when we do CBT, I typically think of the CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, triangle, okay? At the top of the triangle is feelings, and the next point is thoughts, and the last point is behaviors. And basically what this triangle does is remind me, or as I like to give it to my clients, it's supposed to remind you, my thoughts affect my feelings, and my feelings affect my behavior. So if I want to change my behaviors, I need to change the way I think about things. I need to change the way I process this information. I need to change and challenge the way I am viewing this whole situation. So instead of looking at the situation as you're not good enough, you thought you were going to be here by now and you're not, you are falling behind, Changing that thought to you decide to take a new path. You are deciding to enjoy the road less traveled. You got hit with some curveballs and you kept going. There is a new plan. I can no longer hold on to the old plan because there's something better in store for me. And 
seeing the change and how looking at that thought in a whole different light now affects your feelings. Instead of feeling angry and sad and depressed now, that creates a different feeling in you. And now that I have that different feeling, the way I respond, I react, my behavior, it's going to be different. Because I'm no longer focusing on the negative. I might not run through the door, skip and hop in and, you know, shimmying down the halls. But I'm not going to walk through with my head low, detached from all my feelings and the things around me because I no longer have to detach. I no longer have to run for those feelings. Another one that we could do when battling our inner critic is treat yourself the way you do your best friend. I think this is a good example because sometimes I honestly feel like I put friends or family over myself and I put them in a high regard or I'll go out my way for them. But it's just like, okay, you need to do that same for you or you need to have positive thoughts for you or you give friends and family the benefit of the doubt. Let's do that for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just having that mindset will set you <laughs> set you up for more for set you up more for success than going down the rabbit hole of beating yourself up. You wouldn't do that to your best friend? Me, I wouldn't do that to my family. I lift them up to a high regard or friends I lift them up to a high regard. So just knowing that, okay, give yourself that same grace. Put yourself mm-hmm. in that same position. That's a helpful thing that I think I could honestly use. I agree with that. Another skill or tool you can use to kind of quiet your inner critic is mantras or playlists. So with mantras, I think we've talked about this before. So with mantras, it's just a repeated phrase or word. It can just be one word or it can be a whole phrase that you repeat to kind of aid your concentration when it comes to like meditation or so forth, okay? It's something you repeat to yourself to get you back into a certain state. It can be a state of calmness. It can be a state of relaxation. It can be a state of oneness, whatever it is that state you're trying to go through. We've seen this in like pop culture where some people will have a mantra and they'll take like their red lipstick and they'll write it on their mirror. So every morning when they get up to brush their teeth, they have to read that to themselves to remind themselves. And they'll do that as they're doing their makeup or they're brushing their teeth. They'll just keep rereading it and saying it over and over in their head as a reminder to start their day. Now, we can also do that same thing with like playlists. And this is kind of like one of those things that's one kind of as a distraction, but also music can help get us in the right state of mind, in the right mood. So recently, I actually just created a playlist. I called it my Cap Energy playlist. And it is like the playlist I listen to when I want to feel like a boss, like when I feel like, nah, I got this. When I'm feeling discouraged, when I feel like I don't want to do any work, all of those type feelings. This is the playlist I put on when I want to like really get into it. And it ended up also being like my, like my manifestation playlist. Like when I want to sit down and try to manifest something, I listen to this particular playlist because I have a lot of songs on there that's like go getter energy. That's like boom. Like, don't clown me. I, one of my favorite songs on there right now is Kanye's Can't Tell Me Nothing. I've been listening to that since the weekend. I had added it to my playlist. And when I tell you the type of like energy that like, I just feel invincible. Like I feel invincible. And the other day I wanted to meditate, right? And I wanted to manifest and I was like, I want to sit, I'm going to use visualizations, all of that. And I had that playing in the background and my mood was just so elevated and it was such a happy feeling. And it helped me like, I can, at least for me, I'm a visual person. So like, I like doing things like visualization because it's easy for me to see things in my mind's eye type thing. And I was listening to this. And when I tell you, I can see things like crystal clear like it's happening right in front of me like I'm watching it on the screen and using my playlist like I have a lot of play you was with me this weekend I have a lot of playlists and I have playlists for different moods (laughs) I'm like you know what I want to think about love and I'll play my love playlist and I believe that love exists again somewhere out there 
if Lana Ray can keep putting her heart out there, by darn it, I can too. So this is one that just depending on how what works for you, for some people, music does nothing for them. But this is one that really can raise your mood and elevation, especially if you're a type of person that's like, I don't know, I was feeling sad and then I just heard Cardi B money and I got up dancing, I was shaking, I was laughing and blah, blah, blah. Maybe try this. Maybe cultivate a playlist for yourself that represents certain moves. So when you are trying to fight negative thoughts, your inner credit or so forth, you can be like, you know what? No, let me put on my happy playlist because we're going to think happy thoughts. No, myself telling me that I'm a failure. I'm going to put on my go-getter playlist because I'm going to go and get this. When I'm going through things or to clear my mind like when i always say i have to take a walk and listen to music i can't just take a walk i have to have music too because i practice mm-hmm. a lot with doing that but you gotta have the right playlist for what you're going through at that time <laughs> <laughs> yes it does help i agree that can get you back into a different type of energy and creating your own playlist definitely can be one of the ways that you learn to kind of just change the direction of your thoughts and change the direction of your energy and mood. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we can do or you can do to help shut down your inner critic is put yourself in check and get sassy back with your inner critic. Like, oh no, girl. <laughs> <laughs> about to do this? This is not what we're about to do. We're going to talk ourselves out of that and we're going to go toe to toe if we need to. Mm-hmm. Yes. and another one is learning coping skills so this is just learning what works for you because every coping skill does not work for everybody mm-hmm. yeah you brought up a good point when it comes to coping skills like Neek said not all of them are going to work for you so just because the most popular coping skill is maybe let's say grounding or let's say it's meditation and you're like I tried it it don't work for me okay go to the next one there's other ones there's different types of coping skills some coping skills work on self-soothing this is comforting yourself this will be a lot of like grounding techniques you also have some people do better with distractions they just need to take their mind off the problem long enough to calm down for other people this can mean needing to create a calm environment for you for other people it can be something like crisis planning and with crisis planning these are people who need to problem solve you might need a problem focused type coping skill write a list ask for support those sort of things but understand there's more than one coping skill there's more than the popular ones that we all know of that people kind of just repeat and go oh well did you try meditation look meditation works for me it might not work for you or it might work for me today but it might not work for me tomorrow or five years from now, I might not be able to meditate anymore. But allow yourself to move through different things. You can Google it. You can ask a therapist and so forth. But literally all coping is, is learning how to deal with an unpleasant situation. Coping skills are just supposed to help you tolerate or minimize the stressful situation that you are in and learning to manage your stress essentially so again that can look like meditation that can look like grounding but that can also look like windsurfing that might be your coping skill that can also look like prayer that might be your coping skill yoga crying might be your coping skill you might be the type of person that once you just get out one good cry you're good to go you can refocus regroup and get back to it so what Nick said is really important find one that works for you and if it doesn't work for you okay put that one down and look for a new one and one of the last ones we're going to touch on today is self-compassion Do not expect perfection out of yourself. You have flaws and sometimes our flaws have purpose too. Allow yourself to show sympathy towards yourself. Allow yourself to motivate yourself and love yourself through your failures, through your harsh times, through not completing things when you wanted to, through disappointments and all of that. Mm -hmm. Most importantly with self-compassion is learning to love yourself. 
and love yourself in a real way. Not in that LOL, I love me type of way, but in the, I love me, so I'm nice to me. So I take care of me. So I make healthy habits for me. So I express my needs and I allow my needs to be fulfilled by myself and others. Real, genuine love. Because when we love people, we're not purposely mean to them. We're not purposely putting them down. And when we do love a person and they're doing that to us, the healthy thing to do is to get out of that relationship. So get out of that relationship with your inner critic. Stop entertaining them. Stop answering their phone calls. Learn to put your inner critic in their place. So that is all that we have for today. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Other than that, guys, you have a great rest of your week and we'll have a new episode for you next Thursday. Bye. Bye.